episode of Trayvon! Trayvon! Oh, well, that was a lovely cadence. That's right! Appropriate. It is, because it's the weekend. It's Saturday. It's Trayvon time. Your favourite dirty devils are back. What if they're not listening on Saturday? Yeah, what Saturday? if they're in the Northern Hemisphere? Well. And it's early Friday. And it's late Friday. I mean, it's late Friday for us now. Yeah. But it's Saturday when we drop it. For those who listen immediately. Needless to say, my name's Jake Spear, and no, John... don't say it. What? If it's needless to say, don't say it. <laughs> Need more <laughs> to say, my name is Jake Spear, and joined with me, as always, are my two best mates in business and in life, Timothy Dalton's secret lover, Mr. Double O Darby Deck. I'd Ooh. just like to apologise for whatever's going yeah, on. this is... this is sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, end. Oh, end? Oh, I thought you were going to do your thing. No, I said I apologise. Yeah, That's my apologize. greeting for today. That's his catchphrase right, right. for the day. Okay. Yeah. And the man with the golden vocal cords, our MI6 expert in the field, Mr. Brandon McClellan. Reporting for your Thank you very much. Soulful. Yeah, I wrote that with John Barry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, unreleased until today. <laughs> Scoop. Gentlemen, hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And hello to everyone out there, too, listening in whenever and wherever you are. We hope your week has been Trayvon. Is it Saturday or is it whenever? Well, Darby, you see, some people might not be listening to the episode immediately. And they See, could be in the northern yeah, hemisphere. We so, so you no, do understand. Anything. You understand what we're trying to say to you, and you do this on purpose. You willfully misunderstand and misinterpret. It's his whole gag. It's don't believe him for a second, guys. Dirty, Dirty devil. devil. And I mean that not as a joke. No. Well, before we get too far into it, it's time for our new segment that I'm pitching today. It's called "Give the People What They Want." Oh, what? Now, every week, this I'm going to be reading discussed. out three. <laughs> Uh, statements or activities, and Darby and Brandon are going to have to guess which one of those statements or activities what was sent in by a about? listener. Now, what? if they pick the correct answer, the answer that has been sent in from a listener, nothing happens. Because, hey. remember, you must never give the people what they want. Let's just pump the brakes. Yeah. What is going on? What is happening this is a part of This is part of a new, new segment, um, Jake's Pitch Sessions, where sure. I pitch a new... <laughs> Uh, segment for the show every All week right. I come in and this week I'm pitching uh, give the people what they want and people have actually uh, written in yeah yeah multiple. what do you mean where have you acquired this I, I've acquired it you have a Data. secondary Trey Bond account I have a secret I've got a burner account <laughs> uh, it's called burner bond and they email me in and they say Jake look we really want to connect with you guys more can you trial a few new shows and new segments right. uh, for us. So this is Jake's Pitch Sessions. I'm pitching... Right. Just get uh, on with it, mate. And so this week it's called Give the People What They Want. This is the pitch this right. week. Give the people what they so want. You're pitching us I always do. A se- you're, hang on. You're pitching us a segment. Yeah. Yeah. But this, but that itself, that in itself is a segment. You pitching a segment is the segment. Yes. But you're pitching for a future segment. That's right. So and this future segment has come not from you, but from suggestions by... From the Bond community. So every week, I'm going to read out three new uh, uh, statements or activities or random things, and one of them is sent in from a listener. So one of them's real, and two, and two of them are not. And we have two. To and you two have to guess which one was sent in by the listener. What happens if we get it wrong? If you get it wrong, you have to perform 
the activity and or statement or whatever it is that you selected. Immediately? Immediately. All right. Live on the air. If both of you just so happen to uh, both not select the... Um, that, that was good sentence structure. That was. Uh, both not select the uh, answer of the statement or activity that was sent in by a listener. I think everyone's just saying, get on with it, <laughs> in their minds. Then, basically, if you don't pick the right one, I must Have perform to... the statement or activity sent in by the listener. Right. And if we pick the right one, if we both pick the right one, yep. do you have to perform both the wrong ones? No. If I think you should. If you if you if you perform if you pick the if you both pick the correct ones, nothing happens no, because no. you must never give the people what they want. But the segment's called "Give the People What They Want." Yes, that's the irony, because you must never give the people what they want. Because if oh, you give the people yeah. what they want, you get to die another day. I don't. I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> people don't actually want what they want. They think they know what they want, but you you must give people. You must surprise people. I can tell you people. what I want. Right you now. must surprise people. <laughs> All right. So, lay it on us. Yeah. No, I haven't. Pre- that was just the pitch for it. But it's you set it up as if it was a real that's thing. No, no, no. That's just the pitch. So, would you like that to happen? What on? Would earth? I like it to happen, or would yeah. the people like it to happen? <laughs> yeah. No, the people want it to happen because they've already told me. Well, I'd like this. This or, is my do pitch. it now. Do yes, it now. If you've got it. No, yeah. th- no I don't have it. This so you're is my saying pitch. we have to wait. You've got to wait till next week to do it. Well, actually, we've got to wait because we've already recorded next. So week's we've got to wait two weeks. So two weeks. Yeah. So, okay, we'll do this in two weeks. Yeah. All right, great. And so what you're asking for is for people to send in... So, folks, what I'm asking for is for you, people out there, to send in a, a random activity or something that you, you that you want Brandon and Darby to do on the show. Or Jake, apparently. Or, or Jake. Only if you... Only if you pick send the right one. Send them through one. to here, to where? Send them through to send where? Send them through to TrayBonPod at Gmail. But then we'll I'll see them. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll have to I'll give you my burner account. Burner bond at G- No, that's not a real email address. I have I haven't heard from anyone. I'm making this up. This is my pitch session. Jake, I see a man drowning. No, I think this is going very well. That's it this is a success. Whatever, gonna... whatever this segment is that yes. we're doing right now. Yes. If the name of the game is to come up with a new segment, yeah. whatever this is that just happened, yeah. it's a thumbs down from me. No, I think I think if anything No, I'm not this saying section... your next segment, the one you want to do, that sounds fine. Right. This one. The you pitching. Think... But I've the got pitching. so many new shows that I can pitch. I've got MI Mix. Am I mix instead of MI6, where I lay down a beat and you guys have to improvise a song based around a James Bond category or theme? Why do we have to do I've it? I've got Smell a Smirsh. <laughs> Smell a Smirsh is a new What's show that? that we could do, where I bring in an object and you guys are blindfolded. You have to smell the object. Then you have to guess what the object is and which Bond villain that object belongs to. Where are you going to get these things? Don't bring cats into my house. <laughs> Well, I know I could borrow Darby's cat for a night. No, you couldn't. Then, no. it, then you'd know what the smell was. I've got so many shows. Give I, me one more. Um, <laughs> putting me on the spot. Um, you could do. Um, give me a word. Give me a. Give me a. Give me a word. Purple. I need it. <laughs> Damn it. Folder. Give me some. Uh, fo- folder. folder. Emergency room. 
okay, we're in an emergency room, and um, there's a guy, there's a guy dying on on the air. It's you. It's you. <laughs> find out today's mission please oh, well I think I think that's alright great I'm looking forward to next uh, the next couple of weeks with these new segments <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Mr. McClellan what's our mission today oh, fucking finally <laughs> well Jake and anyone who's still here <laughs> our mission today is the top five scores from the official James Bond films. Uh, the Trayvon scores the scores, as That's I've dubbed right. this one. We can promise it it's won't good, go as long as the intro to the show just did. I hope not. Well, don't make that promise. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen my list. Um, I've got, I've got uh, something for you. Oh, I do declare it's fan mail. Gentlemen, we've got a bit of fan mail here. I'll read through it as quickly as I can. A bit is in more than one We've item. got more than one. So our first letter is titled From America. With Ooh. love. Are they sending this in by emails? This is an email. Excellent. This one. Yes. Excellent. One, well done to Brock Richardson. Oh, he writes, Brock. A strong name. He writes, Hello, my name is Brock Richardson and I had to get in touch to tell you how much I love your show. Was it hello with a question mark? No. Hello. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my Australian uh, yeah, inflation. Yeah, yeah. We make things sound like questions. <laughs> you Dirty Devils are an absolute delight. Endlessly oh. charming and entertaining. Not to mention your friendship is so genuine and wholesome. Well, it's all an act, bro. It is Little do you all know, bro. an act. <laughs> I legitimately love Night at the Roxbury, hey. the ties that bind, more than I probably should. <laughs> yeah. It's a guilty pleasure. I don't know if you'll be saying that after my story, did I? <laughs> Gentlemen, keep doing what you're doing. It's a wonderful show and such a joy to listen to. Stay safe and help during these crazy times from Indianapolis, Indiana with love sincerely Brock Richardson oh, oh, thanks Brock. thank you very much also oh. Indy 500's about to kick on oh is it really I think it's warming up oh, oh Indianapolis I hope you like that I hope that, you enjoy Brock. that and, and enjoy motorsport otherwise <laughs> I'm sure your life is hell <laughs> <laughs> our second one was not sent through the email but it was an official channel it was on Trayvon Pod Instagram.com acceptable acceptable mm. fan mail this says hi Trayvon I discovered your podcast last week and I haven't been listening to much else since. Ooh, I'm about danger. to start episode Sadist. 13. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> Masochist. Uh, I'm about to Masochist. start uh, episode 13. Sadist would be if he was making other, other people, people listen. listen to it. Yeah, Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that to your family or friends. <laughs> Uh, I'm about to start episode 13. I've absolutely enjoyed every second of your series so far, especially fan fiction fact check. Two in a row there. Again, wait till you've heard this story today. Yeah. Uh, You guys have a great dynamic among each other and you've brought lots of good laughs and meaningful reflections on the Bond franchise. I recall working through the series in the late 2000s, shortly after they released the Ultimate Edition on DVD. Mm. Still the best release, I think, for home media. Wow. I used to rent uh, two for a dollar each at my local video store, and that's pretty much how I spent my weekends for the next few months while I made it through my first semester in college. Wow. Many of the films are a blur at this point, but your podcast has helped revive memories of watching those films. I am eagerly awaiting the new film, especially, here's one for you, Jake, since I thought Spectre was a significant disappointment. Oh, dear. I hope the new one revives the franchise. Anyway, thanks so much for your work and much love from Montreal, 
Ow. Well, thank wow. you very much. Uh, oh, I'm all warm and fuzzy yeah. now. Amazing. Yeah. What a lovely walk down memory lane when video stores were a thing. I know. Yeah. Why do people think we're friends? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. on video stores, it's did you business. see that uh, the f- the last blockbuster in the world is now an Airbnb? Airbnb. Yeah. You can stay in it. Maybe they make, we they make a killing, though, because they're selling yeah. all the merch. Oh, yeah. This, this blockbuster, mark my words, they'll be around for a while. I reckon they'll franchise. I reckon they'll, they'll oh, franchise. Oh, it's just it. <laughs> Uh, Well, here's one for you Oh dear Uh, Previously On the ties that bind Here we go Double O agents Uh, You should have just You did the wrong sort of justification No, no This happens with the printing from my uh, dodgy word copy (laughs) I don't have the official word Uh, Make sure when you get to this part Just so we know You read them with the gaps I I will They're there for dramatic effect Oh, great, great, great So previously Double O agents Jill Bind And James Bond Mm -hmm. Sat surveying the Red Slug A massive red cargo ship That was guarded by only two henchmen Jill's shoulder wound, a result of a gunshot inflicted by the souped-up Texan Navy SEAL, has become apparently fatal. Oh, shit. With her mind... That's mi- right. Appa- and I don't mean nerve. that apparently as being a bit sassy. It's just become apparent that it's She's fatal. She's going to die. Yes. I'm Unless not being gets... an asshole. Yeah. No, no. It's something we've learned. Yes. It's just that I find people use that word incorrectly nowadays. Mm. It's got a lot of sass and, and, and apparently, sarcasm. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently, mm. it's fatal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was speaking medically. Earnestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With her mind set firmly on her duty to England, she insists that her and Bond finish what they were sent to do destroy every last scrap of this facility. Oof. As they moved quickly towards the loading bay of the cargo ship, Bond battled the pain of his shattered moulders, expertly done by the way, uh, and yeah, dispatched. Wasn't really touched on, was it? No. Uh, but he did he do did the voice. The voice. The voice. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lived, which would yes. still be. It was. Yeah, I felt now. it. I felt it in the edit. You're sticking to it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and dispatched the two guards with a single spear. That's right. A Jake spear. Uh-huh. From his Q branch issued spear gun. Mm. He invited them to a barbecue or something. And then, as the two double O's were swapping, were swapping into the slain men's uniforms, an uneasy tension held the air. Jake Spear didn't finish writing his chapter <laughs> and blamed it on his iPad. That's right. A device universally acclaimed for seamless and lossless storage yeah, yeah, yeah. of storybook chapters. Because yeah, no, it auto saves. In fact, idea, when yeah. Steve Jobs was designing that device, <laughs> what is this? he had specifically demanded it not lose the save files of aspiring fan fiction uh, authors. Oh, this is our So Jake never wrote it. Never wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Scrambling desperately to Chapter think game. of an ending, Spear mumbled something about the henchman also having blue eternity serum affected eyes and trailed off, tail between his legs, into a fact check. <laughs> this is getting very messy. Me. It was bound to happen at some point. Currently, right now, in the present moment, happening in real time, here we go. Mm. Bind and Bond stood across from each other dressed in the uniforms of the two men that lay bare and bested at their feet. They took up their weapons and performed a quick check. Things were going poorly. A fact check. I should have ended it then. I should have ended it then. I have toyed with that idea before. (laughs) (laughs) 
looked over to his fellow double O as she read it. Oh, the things were going poorly, but they were well enough stopped. Bond looked over to his fellow double O as she readied herself. There was a glimmer in her eyes that Bond had seen before. Wow. Ooh, it does have it an works. effect, it? Works. It? it works, it works. His mind flashed back to when he was stationed in the French town of Gord, four months after the war. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Which war? The war. The war. <laughs> the, the war. The war. Don't mention it. He had spent he had spent three weeks stuck in a small bedsit across from a boulangerie with oh. a French secret serviceman, Michel Anou. There's a flashback. They did been, you? Did I you? Uh, did you talk with the ghost of Ian Fleming about the story? Have, you, I may you have. have I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I may have. I could feel yeah, it. He was like popping a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's more like popping a flashback. <laughs> That's right. Because he'd had a heart attack. Yeah. yeah. Or ghost, spooky ghost voice. Spooky. spooky. I'm putting a flashback. Oh, God, get out of my bedroom, Mr. Fleming. No, mention the wall. <laughs> They'd been tasked with surveilling an Austrian national, Otto Doss, who had taken up residence in the provincial French commune. It was asserted that he had participated in the Nazis' violent response to Operation Dragoon. World War II. During that time, mm. the people of Gord had been imprisoned in their homes under threat of death as the Nazis took to pillaging and burning the town. Bond had accepted the posting without hesitation. Yeah, but James Bond had a smartphone in Chapter 3. Did he? Yeah, see, my chapters all take place (laughs) in Fleming time. (laughs) And I cannot be held responsible for the rest of it. It's timeless, ageless, dreamlike. It's Fleming. (laughs) Bond had accepted the posting without hesitation. The audacity of Doss to take refuge in this place. After weeks of watching the man doing nothing more than buying a morning paper and baguette, then later listening to his radio, Bond and Anu had become frustrated. Is this whole thing a flashback, this whole chapter? Not the whole thing. Okay. But a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) The Frenchman had left his post one morning before Bond had woken. In the years following, Bond assumed it was to get a treat from the bakery. Bond was rattled awake by three quick gunshots from the street below. He rolled quickly to the floor and grabbed his beretta from under his pi- from underneath his pillow, scrambling towards the window sill. As he popped his head above the window pane cum parapet, wow. he could only see scrambling Gordians fleeing the street below. Cum parapet. Mm. The door to the bedsit smashed open behind him. And Anyo stormed towards the radio stashed beneath their single bed. He radioed the phrase Robe Orange Brûlée twice mm. and cocked his weapon as if he was ready to head out and chase down the man who had shot him three times in his gut. Bond mm. had seen men die before, but never like this. The curiosity froze Bond as he watched the French agent's knees lock and give in quick succession as his fingers struggled to grip the handle of his service pistol and as the blood began to pool on the floor below his feet. He locked eyes with Bond as he fell back on the bed behind him, struggling to keep upright. He sat there, each breath shaking out of him, as if this warm summer's morning was a bitter December one. Oof. What's this guy's name again? Michel Agnon. It's great. J'ai oublié le bon, smiled Michel, as he staggered onto his feet again, and moved out through the door. Bond saw Michel Agnot in Jill's eyes as she looked at him. 
All things die alone, Donnie Darko. Here we go, James. Don't you slow me down. Jill smiled kindly, and then she smashed the door release button to the cargo of the Red Slug. They moved through quickly and quietly into the massive cargo hold, weapons ready. But it was empty, completely barren. Bond turned quickly to back backwards as the metal doors slammed closed. He pressed desperately at the button to release the door. Nothing. Bond went to say something to Bind when he was caught in the back by three pellets piercing his flesh. Ooh. His breath snatched itself as his knees gave out. He could feel something coursing through his veins. More serum. A dull pain that snaked from his back around his ribcage in a numbing embrace and then to his extremities. He wrestled with his unresponsive body to turn towards his fellow double O, who was now kneeling in the middle of the empty room. Tranquilizer darts. Her gun was resting on the ground in a small pool of blood next (gasps) to her. A steady stream trickling Stop from the it. edges of her hanging fingers. You have not done this. Bond's consciousness was fading fast. A slim, suited figure walked through the door next to Bond. A pair of black brogued darbies hey. stepped past Bond. I worked you in. Hey. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to put brand in it. <laughs> so that's your job. <laughs> A pair of black brogued darbies stepped past Bond and the tapping of the heel echoed through the empty, cavernous space. Bond closed his eyes, fading into sleep, but he raged against the anaesthetic. His eyes opened to see Bind take her combat knife from her side and drive it into the thigh of the grey suit now standing over her. The suit stumbled back in pain as Jill reached down for her firearm. But before she could bring it level with the tailored chest, the man fired a single round into the temple of the only other double O agent. No! Bind slammed into the ground, and Bond let out the most guttural cry he could muster. He fumbled for the weapon near his limp body, his faculties nearly frozen. The suited man holstered his pistol and turned to address 007. The last of the double O's? Frozen, fading, failing. White knight to black bishop. Checkmate. Fact checkmate. (laughs) (laughs) What is... Jill's dead! She's dead. I refuse to accept. He has killed her. They were supposed to fall in love. They had fallen in love. They just didn't know it yet. Well, there you go. That's it. Give us a fact check. Oh, and what Blofeld's in <laughs> it? Who's that Well, guy? who is it? Christoph Waltz's Blofeld. Who could, oh. Maybe. Could be the Texan doing an Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's pretty good at bringing in characters and he's then just pretty, le- leaving and, us hanging. Yeah. I'm giving you something to do. Yeah, oh. no, he does give me a bit to do. And I don't know how he came up with things to do after... What you'd like. Excuse me, they were supposed to be going to the infirmary to save Jill. Yeah, the nurse's office. Yeah, well, they've got medical equipment. They could have done some stealth kills and, well, that's all by the by. She's dead. Oh, God. Well, Darby, deal with that. I always wonder how screenwriters uh, and novelists 
get their characters out of seemingly impossible situations. I know, and I always try and put you <laughs> in know a you very do. impossible situation. <laughs> you always do. I think it's a trend of mine, is I'm either like mind-numbingly boring, being like, he had some scrambled eggs. Your last line may as well be, and there was no possible way to continue the story. <laughs> Bond was dead. Or was he? Fact check, was he? <laughs> Well, it'll be two weeks between drinks because we've got something else planned for you next week. That's right. So look forward to the next chapter. Gents, let's cast our memory back to Brandon's favourite Bond film. What are you doing? 1967's Casino Royale. I'm doing fact check. Are you sure you don't want to do some new segment? Yeah. No. You want to pitch anything? No. (laughs) No, no, no. no, Oh, fact check's working well. Yeah, fact check's doing well. I'm going to save any new pitches for the new segment, Jake's Pitch Session. I thought it was called Give Them What They Want. No, the... the uh... Don't get back into this. No, no, no. Don't get back into this. Move on. Move on. I saw that glimmer in your eyes. No, absolutely not. There was blood in the I water. I have to edit I these. <laughs> it was like a dog chasing a wheel. The car had just pulled out of the driveway and he... I was onto it. Now, Brandon, you said that yeah, Peter Sellers had writer Terry Southern come in to rewrite his dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I stand by it. According to Trippin' with Terry Southern, what I think I remember, a memoir uh, written by Gail Gerber and Tom Lasanti. Trippin'? Trippin'? His memoir was written by two other people. That's correct. You are a melting pot of confusion. This is this is fact check. This is real life, baby. This ain't my crazy brain. I think Casino Royale 67 fried your brain. I think it's it. <laughs> He's lost. He's lost somewhere in the film. We have to kind of go in. We have to go back and rescue him. (laughs) Now, according to Terry Southern's memoir, Peter Sellers hired Terry to write his dialogue, but not the rest of the script. Uh, uh, So yes. So yes, yes. The reason was that Peter wanted to outshine Orson Welles and Woody Allen. That's what Brandon said. Yes, Terry Southern just so you know, mm-hmm. wrote the screenplay for Dr. Strangelove oh. and Easy Rider oh. and also wrote for Saturday Night Live. That guy's a hack. Did he really? He sure did. The first couple of seasons? Yeah, he was oh, there wow. in the beginning. Good on him. The golden The golden years. years. And he wrote Peter Sellers' dialogue in Casino Royale. In Casino Royale. Okay. Brandon is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Darby. Uh-oh. said that actors getting their own writers in oh, yes. who understand their strengths actually me? happens a lot nowadays. Hemsworth. Yeah, Hemsworth. Oh, yes, Men in black. It's a really common practice. Uh. Now, initially, you couldn't give us an example, but then you mentioned Chris Hemsworth had uh, some writers on his books and that you were pretty sure uh, Chris got someone in to rewrite Men in Black. Yeah. So I ran with that that line. Oh, that line. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Fair so according to the Hollywood Reporter, both Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson hired their own dialogue writers for Men in Black. Well, there you are. Wow. So there you go. That's true. Correct. And does it happen? Very frequently? hard to find specific examples. Because you're a of, hopeless researcher. Of actors. What you could have done this is yes. uh, you could have gone to IMDb. Yes. And yes. I would have gone through every single film. Yes. Made right. in the last ten years. Mm. Right. And and would have just kind of you know made some links. Put them in a yes pile. Put them in a no, no pile. Look at the writers. Then yeah. look, then click on the actor and see if that writer is associated with additional dialogue in that yeah. actor's other credits. Yeah. Right. You know. Uh, 
essentially basic stuff. Yeah. Mm, 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 I see. What you don't realise is that I do this about an hour before we record. Oh no, I realise. I'm well aware. <laughs> Brandon, you said that David Niven or Peter Sellers just decided one day to not show up and <laughs> yeah. finish the film. Yeah, we thought I, it was maybe Peter. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we said Niven actually. Uh, it was Peter Sellers. Oh, who and was went, it after the the, the thing in? Because we didn't we talk about Le Chiffre's room and then he gets abruptly killed. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was Peter Sellers who uh, went absent for days or weeks at a time and actually refused to appear in scenes with Orson Welles and eventually left the production before all of his scenes had to be shot. As a result of this, Peter Sellers was unable, uh, unavailable for the filming of an ending of the film and other interlinking and scenes, ending. leaving the filmmakers to devise a way to make the existing footage work without him. Oh, God. So, Brandon, your theory... Uh, about the ending in the film not being the original intended ending is true. Oh, it's right. <laughs> because <laughs> it was supposed to have a completely different ending with Peter Sellers. Yeah. He left. But the angel So then they had to makes... make everyone angels. Yeah, when so did they do sense, that? Yeah. Now, why did Orson Welles and Peter Sellers have such animosity towards each other? Uh, oh, I know this. Peter Sellers ate the last almond croissant at the craft table. <laughs> <laughs> and Orson Welles, big fella, was like... This one! <laughs> Almost had a conniption. Loves his croissants. Yeah, armour croissants in particular. Yeah, industry croissants are really good. Well yes. known. They're well not really known. a croissant. No. They're a it's a, it's a leftover croissant with sugar on it. Mm. <laughs> so part of the behind-the-scenes drama of this film's production concerned the filming... Um, croissants. Of... I've just said it. Croissants. <laughs> Segments involving Peter Sellers. Screenwriter Wolf <laughs> Mankiewicz declared that Peter Sellers... Pelt, felt, pelt, 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 felt <laughs> intimidated by Orson Welles to the extent that, except for a couple of shots, neither of those two was in the studio simultaneously. Other versions of the legend also depict the drama stemming from stemming from Sellers being slighted in favour of Welles by Princess Margaret, whom Sellers knew during her visit to the set. Of oh, Casino no. Royale 1967. What a nightmare. Wells also insisted on performing magic tricks as Le Chief, as we talked about, and had refused to work with, quote, that amateur. Oh, good wow. God. You can't, you can't get away with saying that, though. No. Director Joseph no. McGrath. It's Peter Sellers. Yeah. It's Peter Sellers. The director Joseph McGrath, a personal friend of Peter Sellers, was punched by the actor Orson Wells when he complained about Sellers' behaviour on set. Sorry, that's a misquote. It was Peter Sellers who punched his friend, uh, Mr. McGrath. Punched his own what? friend? He punched his own because friend. Because McGrath said, Orson Welles has got a bit of a problem. Ah, oh, Peter! No, no, because Peter's not acting. What? Pe- yeah, Peter. This is classic Jake. Joseph <laughs> McGrath got punched. Got punched oh. by Peter Sellers because Joseph he basically... McGrath was he Peter was Sellers' friend or was he Orson Welles' no, friend? No, he was Peter Sellers' friend. And he was giving Peter Sellers a note. Saying, you're being a bit of a dick. You're being a bit of a dick, Peter. You're my mate, Peter. I'm Joseph McGrath. You've been a bit of a dick, mate. And Peter Sellers turned around and punched him. Whoop Or clocked him one. Brandon, you said that the Dusty Springfield song was written for this film. Yes. The first recording of the, the song... one that says James Bond, I'm James Bond. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Dusty Springfield wrote that song. Yes. Uh, the first recording is by it's Stan Getz. As an instrumental in December 1966, the song what? with lyrics 
was originally recorded by Dusty Springfield for the Casino Royale soundtrack and receiving an Oscar nomination and reaching the US Top 40. But it had already been released before this film. The musical, the musical oh, you track would not get away with that. Had been today. recorded, and she came in and added lyrics to it, and she was the first to record it. Brandon, you <laughs> said that Burt Bacharach was in Austin Powers. You I said buy it. that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Burt Bacharach. That's right. That's right. And he's playing the piano. You yeah. said he appears twice. In Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Once, playing the piano alongside Elvis Costello on <sighs> guitar, and then a second time at the piano by himself on top of a double-decker bus, performing What the World Needs Now. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's great. A song which he wrote. Oh. For the film. For Austin Powers, <laughs> The Spy wow. Who Shagged Me. Amazing. Brandon, you said that Hal David, who wrote the lyrics to the Dusty Springfield song, also wrote the lyrics to Moonraker and We Have All the Time in the World. Yes. All true. Wow. Well done. Expert in the field. Expert in the field. Well done. Now, what (laughs) some of you may not know is that Hal worked very closely with Burt Bacharach beginning in 1957, and together they wrote songs for artists including Dionne Warwick, Mm-hmm. The Carpenters, mm-hmm. Tom Jones, Jackie DeShannon, and The Look of Love. Play. Brandon, you said uh, you were pretty sure that Burt Bacharach had scored other films before and was even nominated for an Oscar. Pretty sure. According to Burt's IMDb page, he has 34 composer credits and 657 soundtrack credits. Good God. They've used his music a lot. A lot. 657 times. Yes, yes, officially. Uh, he composed the score for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh my gosh! And Arthur, for which he received the Arthur's theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah Arthur's yeah. theme was a was an Oscar uh, winning uh, best song track. Yeah, best song Arthur's mm. theme. Mm. Uh, he received an Academy Award for Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head for Butch and Sundance, as well as Arthur's Arthur theme. Arthur with Russell Brand. That's uh, right. Yeah, that's yes. right. That's that's right. <laughs> Uh, he was also awarded a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2008 when he was proclaimed music's greatest living composer. <gasps> John Barry. Big call. John Williams. John Williams. Mm, mm. No, he was just greatest living composer of 2008. Ah. ah uh, yeah. John Barry. So they name him <laughs> John <you> Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon, very busy Brandon episode this no. uh, You said you were fairly sure John Barry won the Oscar for Born Free Yeah Sung by Matt Munro Well done He sung from Russia From Russia Well done, gentlemen Born Free is a song with music by John Barry And lyrics by Don Black Hey Hey, friend of the podcast, Don Black It was written for the 1966 film of the same name and won an Academy Award for Best Original Song. (laughs) Brandon, you said that a cloister is one of those small cages they would dangle prisoners off the side of a castle in medieval times. Yeah. Is that what he said? It is, because a very good friend of mine, Patrick, (laughs) was... um, Put in a cloister. Was put in a cloister and he died. Oh, God. Um, Cloisters killed Patrick. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you. Play of the week. Yeah. Play of the week. <laughs> Bloody hell. Get, get out. A cloister that killed Patrick is an enclosed garden 
usually oh. surrounded what? by dead rock. <laughs> I've been lied to. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> He's Patrick thriving. never died. It sounds like a small jail cell. <laughs> it it does. Sure it you, you know, you, you, yeah, I believe it. Um, and uh, but such spaces are often featured in buildings that house um, religious orders. Uh, so a cloister can also mean a monastery or a convent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, mm. yeah. A gibbet no, or gibbeting refers to the use of a gallows type structure. Uh, very similar to a derrick, actually. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't you get into this. <laughs> uh, from which uh, the dead or dying bodies of criminals were hanged on public display to deter other existing or p- uh, potential criminals. Mm. Uh, now, occasionally... Nasty way to go. <laughs> the gibbet itself was also used as a method of execution with a criminal being left to die of exposure, thirst and or starvation. <sighs> the term gibbet may also be used to refer to the practice of placing a criminal uh, on display with a gibbet, as in uh, covered in a, uh, a, a, ch- uh, a cage, or also called uh, hanging in chains. Mm. A bit of Rain Man here. Uh, cast your eyes back to the year uh, 1837. Okay. Five years after the practice had ceased in England, mm-hmm. uh, the body of John McKay was gibbeted near the spot where he murdered Joseph Wilson near the town of Perth, in Tasmania, the last case of gibbeting in a British colony. Oh. It took place here. Ah, well, Perth, I Tasmania. I wouldn't cheer it. No, probably not a not, not a good honor. side of history to be on. <clears throat> Is that the last gibbet? Eighteen ninety-seven. Well, in in a British colony. Ah, oh. oh. uh, so gibbeting still occurs today. Can infrared glasses? See through playing cards. We know they can't. No, they can't. Well, we knew yeah. that. Infrared glasses <laughs> cannot see through a playing card. However, they are used to read marked cards. Oh, because uh-huh. uh, infrared uh, cards that have been num that have numbers or symbols secretly written or printed on them in mysterious unknown ink mm. Uh, mm. Uh, can be uh, can be seen through infrared uh, glasses. However, there is a rumor on the internet, a place where you can only find facts, mm-hmm. the, the the existence of contact lenses. That can see directly through playing cards. Oh, that's bullshit. So it's uh, it it could be a hoax, most likely a hoax. It's called magic. And uh, it doesn't exist. But it's it only exists. a matter of time. Now, I accidentally called John Houston John Hughes. You did. Yes, you did. But we corrected you in. Yeah. The to yeah. which Brandon said John Hughes hadn't. Do been... not give me the John Hughes. No, oh, he's okay. going to get you because you said John Hughes. No, I was had... listening to the podcast. He's a dirty devil. Because no, you said he hadn't been born. And it's it's like, hyperbole. It's hyperbole. Yet. He hadn't been born in the public no. conscience. The whole point of oh, that's a bow. That's a that's a long bow to draw. Uh, the whole point of fact check. Well, he drew it quite to... effectively. <laughs> The, the point of fact check uh, is to uh, pick up right, on any Mr. John Speaker. Hughes born. Mr. Speaker. Outrageous claims that have been thrown when around When was here. John Hughes born? John Hughes was born on the 18th of February, yeah. a day after my birthday. Oh. But in the year 1950. Nah, <laughs> he was born. <laughs> he was born. So he was about 17. Possibly. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately passed away on August 6, 2009. Whoa, he was young. Who directed American Psycho? Oh. Uh, you have a crack, Duff? It stumped you in the episode? Is it going to stump yeah, you now? It's not Patty Jenkins. No, no, no. It is Mary Harren. Ah. Uh, she also directed... Not much, to be honest. She directed... Whoa, whoa. Not much. 
That's my that's personal a, that's opinion. That's a shame because she. That's a, a great, great, it's an great incredible job. film. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, you said that we gave Climax Casino Royale 1954 oh, a yes. zero. Uh, yes, I regret saying this. I went on to say <laughs> that I gave it a one after you boys ranked it much, much higher. Darby said he gave it a two or something. Oh, I think he gave it a one. Brandon gave it a stirred four. Originally? Then you did go on to say, if it was an official Eon production, it would be a zero. Darby said its baseline is zero, but gave it a stirred three. Oh, no. I gave it a stirred one, and then we all gave it a stirred one. That's right. Because you can't give a zero. We, but you guys all went back on it. Yeah. You, you guys can't let us get away with this You've shit. You've got to call us out. Don't let us... You're our only <laughs> check and balance. You're yeah. our only... Because it probably is about a three. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, after seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> But gentlemen, that's a fact check. Oh, that's a fact Thank check. Thank goodness. Well, it's time for uh, yours and my favourite uh, segment. Yep. And Jake, we still undetermined. Uh, it's preconceived notions. Wow. Yeah, I'm playing with some new things this yeah, week. Yeah. If Jake can pitch new uh, segments, don't get me started. I'm going to be doing jingles. Darby, what are your preconceived notions heading into the top five scores? My preconceived notions about uh, Jank. Oh, you have them written down? I haven't written them. Oh, written oh he's very well read it word for word. Oh, okay. Just to show you how I write in a rush. Okay, great. Uh, Could you adhere to any spelling mistakes or extra spaces that may slip in there? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Although I'm pretty good at first go spelling. <laughs> oh, oh, look at uh, that. Jank. Yes. <laughs> you could surprise no one, be a... Uh, there is a typo. Hey! hey. <laughs> uh, he's very good at We speaking. got him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you could surprise no one and be a pop funk boy and pick something silly. Though I tend to think you will favour the traditional Barry flavour in your list. And then I wrote number one will be and then didn't get back to it. Ooh. I just have number one will be written here. Trust what your gut. What is uh, it? Number one will be <laughs> Thunderball. And Brandon. Pour moi. I've written. Impossible to pick. What? Uh, Casino Royale is a sentimental favourite yeah. in terms of the music, and I, I remember in high school you listened to that soundtrack Religious. a hell of a lot. But I know you also love a lot of the Bond scores. And when I was, that's why I've said Impossible to Pick because I yeah. myself listened to each of the soundtracks, all twenty something, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, geez, Brandon loves a lot of these mm. so I can't I couldn't tell you but I pick I can't pick I can't pick I hazard a guess I say if we're going on sentimentality you would put Casino Real but I also know that you know that it's not the best score so tough mm. tough that's a, that statement might come back to haunt you. Ooh. 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 A bit of a teaser. Uh, Mr. Jake Spear. Ah, yes. My preconceived notions, uh, which is growing on me as a uh, as a segment. Mm. Uh, uh, oh. Maybe not my favourite yet, but it's getting there. I think I need a bit more time with it. Get off the fence. My preconceived notions are for Mr. Darby Deck. I think it's going to be something very... Uh, one of the older ones. One of the... Um, my numero uno. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to say yes. Your numero uno will be one of the more older ones. I think the more uh, classy Hollywood scores, perhaps a bit more of that noir sound that he wants. But I think he wants to be placed in the world of Bond. I think, you know, sound is such an emotional language and, and its use in movies really helps to reinforce the emotion of the film. So Are you trying to win some brownie points think, here with me? No, no. He's trying to win us back. He's no, trying to win us back in particular. Yeah. 
I'm no brown noser. Um, noser, not so me. No, noser. Is that where brownie points comes from? Your bum. From brown nosing. Brown. Oh, maybe. Oh. Brownie. Fact check. Points. Oh, no. Because we actually asked you to do a fact check of who uh, who goes first in their something else as well. Yeah, preconceived notions. Yeah, it didn't, didn't make it through the senses. No, because yeah, yeah. he doesn't listen to the first segment of the show. When no, he does I do. I do. I just chose to ignore it. Aww. No, I think his number one's going to be from Russia with love. Brandon, uh, I guess I'm going to be a, a dirty devil and echo <laughs> Mr. Mr. Deck's uh, preconceived notions. His sentiment. I, I do think you're a sucker for the Barry sound. Um, which one? But which one? See, I have a feeling you're going to throw us a spanner in the works and put something like Diamonds Are Forever up, up, up nice and high. Diamonds Are Forever. Um, you know, I mean, look, I'd like to see one of the lesser-known soundtracks get up there, but... I'd li- I want to see Brandon make a discovery. Yeah, he that's... seems to in each of these top fives, he makes a little personal discovery. I guess that's, that's not a necessarily a pre. Yeah, yeah it's definitely something that I want. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah, like yeah, to yeah, see yeah. that. The fans want it. Give the people what they want, but not the segment. Not that segment. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. My preconceived notions. Uh, a little bit of echoing of what you've both said. I think Jake, you are going to. Uh, I think you're going to favour the more recent sounds. Over the um, the the kind of older ones, I wouldn't be surprised to see you think he's a Funko uh, one of the Brosnan Arnold scores there. I'm thinking a Tomorrow Never Dies sits pretty high up there because you're a big defender of that film. I think there might. I think License to Kill might sneak its way in there too because I'm not sure if yeah uh, that's mm. yeah all right. Because that's got a lot of 80s flavour in it. You think he likes the 80s? He really likes it. He does, doesn't he? He does. Uh, I don't know if it'll make it, but I'm pretty certain you're going to go for some for some balls to the wall. Darby, I think you're the complete opposite. Oh. Echoing what's already been said about you. <laughs> I think, yeah, you're, much, you're going to much more prefer that kind of... Uh, uh, the the strings and the luscious kind of uh, symphonies and Fair. you know songs scores that speak to uh, to not only romance but um, tender emotion. Oh, lovely! Oh. Look at all these little cobblers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's jump into it. Let's start with Mr. Jake Spear. <coughs> what is your dishonourable mention? I have three, uh, but I'll be real quick. I yep. promise. Go on. For Your Eyes Only. Ooh. By Mr. Bill Conti. Yes. Uh, look, I hope I'm thinking of the right film. Oh, Jake. Citron Chase. <laughs> yes. You know, just everything about it. A drive in the country. Is uh, that a, track? That's exactly right. That's right. No, 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 no. 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 Just... <laughs> that shouldn't be in a Bond film. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to have to say, sorry to say it, Spy Who Loved Me. <gasps> oh, that's a Barry, isn't it? No, no, it's a Marvin it's a, it's a Hamlish. Marvin, Marvin Hamlish. Hamlish, Marshmallow Hamlar. And <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say one thing: Bond seventy seven. You don't like Bond seventy seven? Yeah, double thumbs down. I don't really like Bond seventy. Wow. I remember during the podcast for that film, Brandon was like, "This is a cool banger track," and he loved it. Yeah, and um, and I think I liked it at the time, but then listening to it in isolation as a soundtrack, yeah. I was like, "I want none of this." Yeah. Oh. It reminded me of Conti. It reminded me of Conti. Yeah. Oh, it's funny you say that. Um, <laughs> I've got one more dishonourable mention, and I may get emotional. Oh, I know exactly what it is. It's Goldeneye. Yeah. <gasps> 
And How I have, could it not be? I have to do this because as much as I love that film, I think one of the biggest letdowns of that film is the music. Mm. Uh, Eric Serra and the uh, Ladies First track, yep. the car chase with Xenia, it's, it's terrible. The man can create beautiful sound. The, the, the track that follows this... You know, we, we, we share a passion casino, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's beautiful sweeping strings. It's James Bond. And yet he still peppers this... Uh, oh, crap. It's discordant. Oh, it's shocking. It's so sucks. jarring. And there's yeah. there's lots of little examples of that peppered throughout the film. So I have... Sheriff I, J.W. peppered. <laughs> so I, ha- I have to mention Bond. <laughs> They're well, my dishonourables. Well, uh, I... Slightly controversial, but not, I would say, Mr. Darby well, Deck. My dishonorable mention yes. is yes. for your eyes only. Ooh, Ooh, two from bum two bum. for Bill Conti. I put here Bill Conti ruins Bond Funk, which was emerging. It was, it was, it was, it was yeah. becoming a thing. It was. it was becoming a thing. He tries to reinvent the wheel, and I think he creates the most clueless Bond score in the process. I think he has no idea who Bond is or who he represents or what the films represent and I put here Conti me out (laughs) (laughs) just the one just the one just the one yeah no I stick to the uh, system gentlemen I agree with you both my dishonourable mention is for your eyes only oh Trey Bond no I I would say uh, A Drive in the Country is the only track on there that I have any kind of uh, sympathy for Mm -hmm. because I think it it somewhat matches uh, the playful tone of that scene. Yeah. But the track for me, and it's it's actually a couple of, I was surprised at how much this soundtrack is quite chopped up yeah. and how little of it is actually on the um, on the vinyl. Mm. Uh, it, it's there's like 10 songs really all yeah, up. Right. There's a lot of music it's not from a very that functional film. score, is it? Uh, no. No. One the 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 part of uh, that score though that I think really sums it up. I've listed the track Motorcycle Assault but give me anything either side of that. Bond goes for the gold medal and whatever follows motorcycle assault. It ruins an extraordinary sequence mm. with some superb editing and some superb oh, stunt work. That. Mm. And it makes it look silly. Yeah. It makes it look goofy. That's a crime. And that's unforgivable. unforgivable. Yeah. Uh, particularly for a film that is already struggling to find its own tone. The music pushes it so far towards the silly edge mm. that that film is quite tainted. It for ruined me now. the film for me. That yeah. score. But my other dishonorable mention, <laughs> I agree with you, Jake, is Goldeneye. Mm. Similar kind of. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But, And that that was kind of my what led to my decision. Those two try to funkify Bond, and it doesn't work. No, no. it doesn't work when Bond gets too far away. It's it's all about reinventing within. The funk formula. shouldn't be imposed. Yes, it should be emergent. Yes, mm. and I, there's a there's a score that I'll talk about later that I think utilizes um, a kind of funkification yep. of the Bond I've score. I've got one. I've got one. Uh, where I was like, that's clever, and it's well, it's just clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ladies first. That track in particular. I mean, we all know it. It's, it's atrocious. It's ridiculous. It almost that. Oh yeah. Yeah, in golden. Um, when we first meet Xenia, that great chase with I the know. Ferrari and the Aston, it nearly ruins it. Martin Campbell is such a strong filmmaker and the stunt work's so great that it prevails. 
Um, I don't know how. But I would say For Your Eyes Only is my number 24 on the on the, on score, the score list. Wow. Yep. And then followed by, or preceded by, uh, GoldenEye. Mm. We go to honourable mentions now, Mr. Jake Spear. Yes, for this there is one. This Ooh. week's honourable mention for me goes to a little film called... License to Kill. Oh, oh well done. That now, was on this list. Preconceived. Now, I thought it was going to be up there. Anyone, I, I, I feel that anyone familiar with this score from this film has has no doubt already hurled their listening device through the wall or out the window or something <laughs> like that. Because I'm being a bit of a dirty devil here. Uh, but this, what if my listening device is my car? Then it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so are you. <laughs> I'm I'm giving this an honourable mention because this soundtrack slash score is 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 quite atrocious, and I'm giving it an honourable mention for the sheer fact of getting into a Bond film. What? What? Because you think it's atrocious? I I thinking looking back at this, it's like it's pretty bad. What's it do? What? Why is it? It is just too cringe. Daddy 80s. love. <laughs> that's the best pump up song look I'll be honest I'm being a bit hard on it because I'm, I'm in a weird phase well it's because, in your honourable because I love hate yeah. it I love hate it it's weird so you it's do so like bad it. that it's good it's, yeah the, I think that's what's happening kind of because thing in you yeah. that we've all defined a I mean monster. if you listen to a track called uh, I think it's called Wedding Celebration or Wedding Ceremony or something like that yeah like how the hell did that get into a Bond film I, I, I don't know you, you, you've got to listen to it it's, it's, it's ridiculous and then but you give it points for just having a go for, for having a go I mean Michael, <laughs> Michael mean the, came jump up jump up that, that song yeah 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 the, the first track with the wedding it's yeah, Which I up. think is a bit of a reference to Doctor No, uh, the Doctor No jump up, jump up. It's a, it's like well, it is very reggae and steel drumming. Yes, and I yeah. think it's by a band called Ivory or something like right, that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a no from me, but a yes from you. But also, also a yes. yes from me. <laughs> if that because doesn't sum Jacob, Dirty know Love. It's got Dirty Love and it's got Patty Labelle. It does. It it's does. It's got Patty Labelle. Um, and you, you're right, fellas. I do love me some '80s, but I think this one goes a little bit too far. I think Michael Kamen's there's a lot of choices. There's a lot of choices, and there's a couple of nice moments in there every now and then. But I just think he's kind of going to, a bit too nuts. Couple of dying. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's try that. Mm. Uh, it's very '80s. It is. It is. It's yeah. Very and kind of like back end. I understand movies. completely the conflict within you. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> because it's everything you love, mm. but nothing you want from a bomb. Well, yeah, I've got but a, it's honorable I've got a similar honourable mention. Oh, actually. okay. Same, oh, same right. kind of uh, categorisation. Okay. I was listening to it yeah. and having a whale of a time listening to this soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this actually isn't a very good Bond score. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but... It gets an honourable mention for A, starting it all, and B, Ooh, being yeah. a damn fine soundtrack. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's just Dr. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's more a compilation. It's more CD, a compilation. Isn't it? I think yeah. Jamaican rock and jump up are the coolest kind of. Uh, gets you in touch with the location really well, but not in a cheesy way. It just it feels authentically kind of. Uh, Admiring of the Jamaican culture, yeah, you know, and gets us into the right tone of the movie. Super sixties, yeah. Well. It re- it really feels like a rock based score. When mm. there are moments of score, it's rocky, you know, which is mm. yeah, makes sense for the roll. time. Yeah, um, and it's lots of fun to listen to its own. I thought Audio Bongo gives us the taste of the proper movie scoring we need, but yeah. it's probably kind of one of only two or three examples of 
actual scoring. Um, and I, th- I really have to use Dr. No's Fantasy in something because uh, it could be my new favourite song. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could remember how it goes for you now. But anyway, you guys will know it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like The Island Speaks as well. Very moody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Dr. No for me. There I had go. to give it my honourable. Mm. Well, my honourables... Um, it's Plural? The, yes. So there's three. Oh, oh he's done a spear. Uh, because this this is very much... Uh, they were all knocking on that on that fifth spot mm-hmm. and they changed so much like so much really about five times just today wow first honourable mention is The Spy Who Loved Me Marvin Hamlish oh particular not controversial at all how dare you it's Bond 77 in particular that gets no it there. I love it that that for me uh, is the, the thing though that knocked it out of the top five is that it is responsible it's without it we don't have for your eyes only mess yeah there's a lot of that DNA and yes I get it Bond 77 it's got a bit of that bow 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 it does it better but it just does it better Mm. somehow Mm. it does it better and the way it builds to that dum 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 I can hear the parachute opening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's something about it. There's, you know, this beautiful way that he weaves in. Nobody does it better throughout it. Mm. I will admit, there are some goofy moments in it as well. It's a Rodgy. It kind of perfectly encapsulates 70s Rodgy. But it also, those missteps knock it out of the top five. Next is another, is a Barry. Uh, the first Barry I've mentioned. It's mm. The Living Daylights. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think He copped a bit of flack for that. He did, and I think it's a beautiful score, particularly the song for me that sticks out is Midnight at the... uh, Murder at the Fair, Mm. uh, where Mm. Sanders dies. Yeah, I think the way he brings in Necros... uh, The the Where Has Everybody Gone into the score Mm. is just wonderful. He makes the Living Daylights sound like a good theme throughout it, you know? Like, Mm. he's just brilliant. Now, this one killed me that I couldn't get it in the top five. And at one point it was number one. Wow. And it's John Barry's 1985 <gasps> Magnum Opus, <laughs> A View to a Kill. Oh, mm. no. And I would say the standout track of that is every single track. On yeah. It. I adore that soundtrack, but there are five that I think just edge it out. Pippin. Pippin at the post. Just. Mm. Just. Fair enough. So there we go. Well, we jump in. The first there points to be All given. Right. Your fifth spot, Mr. Jenk, for one point. Line them up, boys. It's on a Majesty's Secret Service. Um, pew, 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 pew. Um, this is a knockout score across the board. Um, I've loved revisiting all of these scores and this one in particular. You know what I love about this the most? And, 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 what did you tell us? And really, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Uh, just lend me your ears and I'll uh, whisper sweet nothings about Oms. Mm. Um, it was a bit much, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you could have said, lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. Mm. And I'll try not to sing or out of key. Friends, Romans, lend me your ears. Yeah. I, I, mm. I think it's out of tune. You want to get I'll, right not, I'll deduct points off you, <laughs> I can do that. No, no, don't deduct them off me because it's deducting it off um, OMS. OMS. No, why this is in my top five is because what I'm looking for in a score is something that places me in the world of Bond. And I think the Honor Majesty's Secret Service theme, 
is pretty bloody darn good at doing Ooh, yes. that. Yes. It's a Oh, it's on, baby. Yeah. It's on. Um, I mean, look, there's so many sweeping iconic themes. It's um, the only thing that kind of keeps it lower in the list for me well, is is that there's pretty high. I mean, talking about the Honor Majesty Secret Service theme, that the organ in it and there's just some kind of bits that make me cringe. Oh, sometimes, you know, it's a pump up jam for me. So there you go. There we are. But you, you, this is on the record. Jake Spear is against organs. No, I'm not against organs. Well, I'm it against. Like you are. I'm against the organ used with this particular sound in this particular way at this particular time signature. Uh, by the time we get into the, I'm in. Just before that, not so much. Which is which bit? How it starts. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, you don't like that? Down, down, down. That's great. Not really. That's a bit of Barry Funk. Yeah, see, I don't know how I feel about this funk. It's dirty love. I don't know. It's dirty love. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the the bobsled chase, Mm. uh, the the track to that is mm, Trayvon. Mm, Bop. Mm, Bop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Darley Deck, you're number five. Well, I'm starting off my list with a little bit of later Barry brilliance. Oh, yeah. And uh, and a very beautifully accessible score. A view to a kill. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, my two favourite tracks in this score um, represent very different sides of the film. You've got Dinner with Stacey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a, just a beautifully arranged piece that plays effectively with the kind of the, the themes from the title track. Which, A View to a Kill, I mean, it's Barry's kind of recurrent idea is just how to, my, from my understanding, is how do we incorporate the theme and how to discover something new. He seems to be a pioneer in trying something new every time. And it just boggles my mind that even in 1985, 23 years after he started providing music for the James Bond series, He's still coming up with new ideas yeah. that are still quintessentially Bond, you know? I mean, End of the film. Like, all of his themes just match his films. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, destroy Silicon Valley. In the world of, you know, the looming James Bond bombast, which I've called this, it's that feeling of looming danger, mm. and it's bombastic, and it's big, and it gets you going. I think this still proved that he had so many tricks up his sleeves, you know, mm. when he was attempting those ideas. Mm. That finale and the way Looming. it just builds and looms. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like when Barry does this this thing, and he, it happens a few times on my list, this type of scoring, I just feel like I'm, I'm strapped into a rocket about to launch into space. It just feels yeah, yeah. really emotionally important. I don't know how he does it. He mm. just is able to focus the viewer's ear down to this feeling and it's the perfect feeling I don't it's, I know it, what you mean there's yeah. like this thing of he's able to catch things being ominous but keeping them enticing and yes. serving the film yes not, yeah, Bill, not Bill Conti you know yeah, yeah, no, no, not no. the film serving his ideas not imposing it's, something on it yeah yeah. I think that's all I have to say alright so next both of you have picked some excellent Pieces of composition. Oh, sorry, I did have oh, one last line here. Else? I think it's just. It's <laughs> <laughs> he just please provides, continue. <laughs> he provides another perspective of James Bond that I don't think we'd heard up until this point, and um, and I think it's a really kind of accomplished piece of work. And after because I came to it, I did these in order. Listen mm. to these scores, and what I got from this, I don't know if it was me imposing feeling, but I just felt like Barry was reflecting 
on his own work. Mm. You know, it just gave me this sense that all these things that I've been exploring, they're still here. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. It, it, it ties so wonderfully into the, the legacy of the early Bond films as mm. well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It feels like a real return to Especially that. Especially because the film is speaking Connery to era. this older gentleman, the yes. aged spy. Yeah. You know, it's all just. Yeah. Oh, it's superb. Mm. Well, mine's a little more recent. Ooh. Uh, probably considered an oldie now nowadays but mine is David Arnold's uh, debut effort it's Tomorrow Never Dies you were saying look at it and I must say I know I've liked this has been a gym track for me for a while Backseat Driver it just gets me pumped up I think it's a wonderful piece of action scoring the thing I adore about that Tomorrow Never Dies score too is how much surrender plays throughout it I mean we just listened to a bit of Backseat Driver then and that is the it's you know surrender. that's the bridge of surrender mm. yeah it's wonderful you couldn't put it in a film today no but in terms of where Bond needed to go particularly mm. after where what Eric Serra had done mm. he gets this really great blend of this kind of techno which I'm usually not much a fan of but that kind of Barry kind of symphony orchestra stuff and he just blends them nicely together Mm. and as much as I don't like Tomorrow Never Dies that score is pretty sensational and it's it's a balls to the wall score that's my balls to the wall pick yeah sure that's of all the kind of bombastic kind of like cocaine adrenaline that Barry's doing I mean not Barry do you think that Arnold's doing the things that he wants to do in that score I listen to something like Hot Fuzz Oh, that he, yes. does, he provides yeah, work he for. did some music in that. Casino yeah. Royale. I know this is a similar era in his kind of time as a composer. Oh, yes, yeah. But I pick up on a slightly different sensibility. Then when I listen to his earlier Bond efforts, he's still got all that promise of a great Bond composer, but it doesn't yes. feel fully formed yet. See, I, I, I think <laughs> what he does really well is he creates a, a unique sound for each of those... Um, those actors. Yeah. So those Brosnan films feel like they've got this... Uh, 90s kind of there is a techno in influence yeah, to them I think the gadgets the get very like they they sit very firmly in the 90s um, and I think having quite recently listened to uh, Shaken and Stirred the effort he did where he did all these remixes of the the Bond oh yeah themes, you were showing us that yeah mm-hmm. um, they have that flavour mm-hmm. and I think so I think that's definitely what David Arnold wanted to do um, which is funny because you compare that to what he's doing with things like Stargate and Independence Day Independence Day more at the representative time. of his kind the, of kind of where yeah. they yeah where they end up going yeah, there's yeah. much more of that kind of it know, seems like that's with his personal stuff. sensibility I, I think so well yeah. I think it's yeah, find, I think it? maybe he evolved He's a bit into of everything. That. Yeah, yeah, in the same way that Barry moved from that kind of the Kentonesque and the drums and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he moved into that strings. kind of softer strings, mm. much more romantic era. I think David Arnold moves towards that as well. It's a yeah. shame that he doesn't really Do he hasn't done much since. I mean, his Sherlock and uh, Good Good Omens, I think it was. Oh yeah, was the most recent thing I heard of his. Mm. Um, but yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies. It shocked me. That it was on my list. Wow. But it's number five for me. Wow. 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 Number four for you, Mr. Spear. Number four is A View to a Kill. Oh. It's up there. I mean, what Barry does with the Bond theme in this film is absolutely exquisite. You know, like Darb said, you know, the way he incorporates 
the the theme of a film is is clearly a a, a signature of his, mm. and I think he's he does it so well in this. The track where Bond first meets Stacy is stunning. It's it's this delicate, romantic, sweeping kind of melody. It's like yes, it's Roggy. Ah, oh, it's it's just it's it's fabulous. And then you've got this like you've got all of these like super bombastic Barry cues in there too. It's such a great mix of Barry's work. I think mm. you get these beautiful sweeping strings, and then all of a sudden the brass is in there again. You're like, there he is, you know. That that just throws me into this kind of grand, you know, Hollywood thriller. It just it feels it's got it's got that movie magic about yeah. it. Feels mm. like those things that they build a, an attraction for it, like Universal Studios or something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes, you know? yes. And there's even this sound of like Bernard Herman to it a little bit. Yes, it makes there me feel is. like I'm in a Hitchcock Bar- film. Barry, you know? Barry and Herman, did they were they mates? I don't know. I think they might have been. There's some real similarities. Communique going yeah. on there. Yeah, pizzicato mm. strings and that as well. Mm. Yeah. Which is just, it's that thriller too. It's yeah, that, I yeah. feel like it's a suspenseful film. Definitely. It hasn't aged either. I mean, it has. It has, but, but it, you could still pop it in something. Oh, that's a lot of the them. music I want. Yes. My yeah, stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to go back to that. Yeah. I want to see films be ballsy enough to explore mm. this sound again. Mm. 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 That's my number four. Oh, there you go. Well, number, number four for Mr. You, Mr. Darby, Mr. Deck. My Mr. Number four Ooh. is Mr. Casino Royale. Ooh. You know... David but Arnold, I feel... Mr. David Arnold. Mr. David Arnold. Sir. Mr. Sir? David Arnold. Sir? Sir? The be. only man to understand Bond music as well as John Barry. Oh, yes. Uh, a mature, mostly restrained and timeless. I believe this is the, a perfect score for a perfect film. Um, it hints... Oh, sorry. It hits its stride in Blunt Instrument. Yes. I feel like the first kind of few t- tracks... A little more workmanlike from Arnold. Much like Bond. Much like Bond. And then when we get to Blunt Instrument, it just becomes Daniel Craig's error. Yeah. I just feel it hit me. There's a confident tonal shift in this song and the and the weaving of the title track, which properly announces Arnold as a modern Bond authority in my eyes. I, I say, you know, John Barry's the best, listen to this, which I won't name, and then David Arnold's second best, Listen to Casino Royale. Yeah, you know yeah. he never lets the score outdo the film, though he would be. This film would be slightly higher on the list if not for a few just minor choices that suggest a little bit of early twentieth century film score, twenty first century film score blandness. Sure, I think you know not in his cues. Oh, yeah, not in his cues or ideas. No, no, just in the in the in the length. Some of the tracks stay. And what they're doing moment to moment, I just feel like I hear that elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of got a commonality to it. There's one moment in it which I'm like, oh, you wouldn't hear that in a score anymore, which is that kind of, uh, I think it's in Bond Loses It All, and it goes... Like the old GoldenEye sound. Or like, uh, kind of like a horror movie yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, a couple of those little horror things movie. that slip in yeah. just derail it. Very of its time. It would have yeah. been more. Uh, would have been higher up my top five, but it just just pegs it back a little bit. Um, the highlights for me are Solange. Mm. Um, oh yeah, when she comes out of yeah, the... Yeah, a beautiful orchestral piece. And I think what this piece of music does is really captures the complexity of Daniel Craig's gaze as James Bond. It's a very watchful moment for him, and yeah. the song is so complex and changing that it makes the audience member go, "What is this guy thinking?" 
Yeah, you know, but but in a mature way, in a kind of yeah, in a, in a more recognizable. I don't know. It's just I really sympathise with Daniel Craig due to that song. Yeah, uh, I feel it's doing a lot of work. It's doing a lot of work for him, yeah. and, and the, the brief but wonderful "I'm the Money" when we when we <laughs> on meet. the train. Oh, God, yeah, yes. and and I think this is the one you were just um, saying was maybe a little bit of a letdown. But I really love the video game stealth infused. Bond loses it all. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. does become a little. Oh, I love it. I oh, love yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I love it. But uh, it, it is, is little, that yeah. I, that track in particular. I was like, oh yeah. yeah, that, yeah. And of, and of course the emotional journey that he gives us in Vespa, yeah. which uh, many listeners will recognise is famed for its inclusion in the 2009 espionage, espionage thriller Behind, Behind the, threat, the Threat, starring <laughs> Brandon McClellan. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yeah, a short film that we made in high school <laughs> that will never be seen. <laughs> Release the tapes. Well, gentlemen, my number four, that's an excellent pick from both of you, my mm. number four is not a Barry... It's not an Arnold. Oh. It's the only other person that's not Barry or Arnold that makes this list, and it's Mr. George Martin for for Live and Let Die. Ah. And uh, I would say my uh, my standout track from Live and Let Die, Live and Let Die, is this Sacrifice. That song in particular, I'm just like, there's no other Bond movie that uses music like this mm. it's it still feels very uh, Bondian doesn't yep. feel like a huge departure you know not having Barry for this one it's a one. little funk infused it is well. definitely yeah. funk infused and I think it's the best version of it mm. I think it's the one that um, uh, you know I think The Spy Who Loved Me probably takes a little too much liberty with the funk For Your Eyes Only goes way too far with the funk uh, who got that funk? We want that funk, but not that much. <laughs> um, no, George Martin, he's still got some really effortlessly bloody cool, suave moments throughout it. Mm. That Fillet of Soul, or Filet of Soul track on it by BJ Arnaud, that's just superb. The um, the rendition of Live and Let Die sung by the jazz club singer. Yes. That's mm. extraordinary. The way he uses Live and Let Die throughout mm. the film. The boat chase track is exceptional. That is an extraordinarily long piece of music and it never once drops the ball mm. through it. it. This is... It's superb, and I really wish that George Martin had done something else. He never did another one. No, nope, that was it. Wow. That was it. He only did this one. And I think... I love Live and Let Die. It's a film that's really climbed in my estimation. Uh, it's climbed my list. And I think that's in no small part due to George Martin's mm. work. I just... I think the score of this is wonderful. And it's one of the vinyls I've been listening to the most uh, ah, this year. There you go. So there you are. So... Favourite. Live and Let Die. So number three. We're in Ooh, big point territory now. Right now. Three for three points. The big fellas. Here's the big man. My number three is Diamonds Are Forever. Ooh. Yes. could you? How could I? How, How could, could I not? not? <laughs> oh man, this is the suavest score of the franchise for me. Mm. I dig it. What he's putting out, I'm picking up. <laughs> Tiffany, the, the tracks, Tiffany Chase and Diamonds. Tiffany Chase. Tiffany, 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 Tiffany Chase. Chess. Tiffany Chase. <laughs> and diamonds are forever. They're all class. You know, it's like walking into a smoky casino room, mm. going over and ordering a drink and talking to a beautiful woman, 
And then going and taking down one of the world's biggest villains. Does your fiance know about this joke? <laughs> <laughs> she will never know. Because she doesn't I mean, listen. She doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, even the tracks, um, bloody uh, Bambi and Thumper and um, the Moon Buggy Ride, <laughs> yeah. they actually feel like scores from a 30s detective caper. Mm. If you're not looking at. The atrocities on screen. <laughs> but it is. It's so cool. It's really funky. It's cool stuff. It just, again, it, it's got this 30s kind of Hollywood vibe. I feel like I'm watching Double Indemnity or you know, even Chinatown or something. It's got that yeah. ah, detective kind of. And I guess because it's America and stuff, I've got that vibe to it. Um, the lounge gosh. version of Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. When we go into Tiffany yes. Cases. And I think that is the Tiffany yeah. Case bit. The, Dun, 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 dun. I oh, super. I, I love it. Even tracks like the, you listen to the start of Circus Circus has a kind of magic to it. And, yeah. and and listening to this score, funnily enough, it makes me feel like I'm I have all the time in the world. Ooh. Oh, easy. Easy now. Because I just think what 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 he's exploring with the meter there, it's just like, why? I just feel like I've got time to breathe and I've got time to spend with Bond. You know, mm. and I, I mean, look, even even the Mister Winton, Mister Kid track, which has like a sub uh, subtitle "Bond to Holland," when they when he's in the on the water there, and yes, stuff, it's again that using that slower meter and stuff. It's just building this ominous menace, and it's dark, and it's it's great. Their the, theme is fantastic. It is, it is. So for me. It's a number three. Number three. Well, well what be it for thee, Mr. Well, Darby D? We do this every time. I'm not going to bother rhyming. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just trying to have fun. Well, my number three is on Her Majesty's Secrets of Ease. Uh, we've got Barry taking a stab at a mm. new bond and he brings a distinct new sound with him. Mm. It's a very editorialised uh, res- response. Oh yeah, he's thought about this. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, ha- this never happened to the other fella provides a medley of new concepts and reinterpretations of classic bond ideas. Ooh, While tracks like Try and Bond Meets the Girls journeys into softer, more sensual Barry territory. Uh, My highlights are Bond and Draco. It weaves in these elements of all the time in the world and it just flirts. I love it when Barry flirts with melancholy. When he's ready to go there and talk about it, especially in relation to Bond. Oh, it just does so much colouring in of the world for me. And, um, And of course, you know, Escape from Piz Gloria. One of Barriest, Barry's, Barriest. It is a Barriest. <laughs> One of Barry's funkiest and uh, and most soaring looming Bond efforts. Yep. I feel. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Oh, j'adore. J'adore. As they say in France. It's a few points for Oms. Yes, it's quite a few points for Oms. Well, my number three. Uh, let it be. We've um, done that. Yeah. We're, come on. Original. <laughs> is uh, John Barry's first real go at a Bond score. Careful. From Russia, Russia with Love. Yeah, there and, uh, you go. There are, two, there are two tracks in particular. The first one uh, is Golden Horn. That track is so superbly un-James Bondian yep. that it's probably the most James Bondian <laughs> thing because I'm right 
there with Bond in that world. Riding a horse. It's like the Magnificent Seven yep. meets Beirut. Ooh. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> give it to me. Yeah. It's this, I really wish that, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> I got a bit excited. So. <laughs> yeah. Sounded like it. Um, it, I, I really wish they would use that sound more in the Bond films. Take us there without it being this kind of weird pastiche Mm. There's still class to that. There's still an elegance. Oh, There's yeah. still an admiration there. Yeah. Um, Barry's gaze is always lovely. Isn't it? He just... doesn't hate anything. No, it's it's just he really saves mm. some moments and mm. elevates some superb ones. The other track in this, it's the first time we hear it. I adore it. They better be bringing it back. It's 007. Oh yeah. That is a superb theme. And recently, David Arnold himself uh, was asked by David Saritsky on that uh, live stream for Operation Freefall whether or not he'd ever tried to work 007 in. Mm. And Arnold said that it was a particularly tricky one because he always felt like he was putting it in just for himself. I would say, give the people what they want (laughs) and put it in. My thing is, if Nomi is 007 Mm -hmm. in No Time to Die... Use it there. Use it in some way there. Subvert it in some way, you know, kind of play it slower, darker. You know what, you know, mate? They're not going to. They're not going to. I know they won't. Mm. But the thing that gives me hope that they might is that everything we've seen from No Time to Die so far feels like a callback to every other film. Mm. And I feel like if there's any film you could put that 007 theme back in, it's to introduce you a new 007. It. You Absolutely. Absolutely. It's perfect timing. I am fingers crossed that yeah. we hear this track again. But from Russia with Love by John Barry, it's my second favourite Barry. Ah, I'll just say there that. There we go. It's a little cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Superb. Superb. Number two. So we're in the hot seat oh, now. Oh, gee. All right. We're Mr. battling it out. Mr. Spankjeer. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes, that is I. Now, let me preface this with the next two scores are constantly battling it out. Okay. And I think they probably will for eternity. Oh. Or until own. you die. And, and yeah, yeah. At least, yeah. Next couple of weeks. Until then. Yeah. And then we'll all forget about it. Which, you know, they they will go on for eternity because I will live forever. <laughs> um, you just watch. He genuinely believes that. <laughs> he does, he does. It's, it's worrying. It's worrying. <laughs> it's Thunderball. Thunderball! Thunderball. It's I not said number, it's number one. one. Oh. But, Jesus. I remember, it yeah, you loved be. it. You loved I it. Really mm. do, I really do love it. What do I love about this? I don't you know. You tell us. Every day. <laughs> Everything, absolutely everything. The Chateau fight track at the very beginning, it's equal parts bombastic Barry and ultimate class. We get the best of both worlds with this. You've got these amazing cues that are full of brass and cymbals and you know all of that kind of stuff. And then he flips it around and he gives you these like slow, jazzy crooner kind There's a of bit motifs. Of jazz and Thunderball, like, isn't there? Ah, oh, mm. sexy Bond, you mm. know. And what's the main kind of strike in Thunderball that he brings back? Constantly, uh, what's its the one that he puts in the th- uh, that comes from the theme? Yeah, yeah, it's it's. No, is that Yes, yeah, it is. Which, uh, which, um, oh no, that's no. that's on a Majesty's. Oh yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Oh fuck! 
I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. What's the big? It's always it always comes in. There's this moment that always comes in every time they're talking about the threat of the nuclear bomb, mm. and mm. it's like this boom, boom. It's almost like the 007 um, base of the boom, 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 boom. Boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. yeah, which is the 007 yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. works it in. Yeah, he, yeah. he brings that all Maybe up. it is just the 007 thing I think I'm it thinking might be, yeah. of. Yeah. yeah, it is. The da, 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 da. Yeah, that's what it is. It's magic. I mean, mm. we get 007 in this. The 007 theme is we're back. just talking about yeah, that. Well, this is still my right. bloody oh, uh, number two, please. Oh. How about you subvert some expectations yeah, about, and keep about, a lid on it? How about I tell you about Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Oh, yeah, please do. Because that's got to get a bloody mention. Shane Black? And, uh, no. Michelle Monaghan, Rob Downey Jr. No. And Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer. No, Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang by John Barry. <laughs> it's the ultimate Bond joy ride, this film. How's that one go? Oh, jeez, now you're testing me. <laughs> yes. Yeah! Meant to be the theme. It was meant to be the theme, but Shirley Shirley Bassey sung it. She didn't do it very well. Yeah, and wanted to. And then she sued. She's very suey. Very suey. Maybe I should say she's Karen-y because Karen's threatened to sue, and Sue is also a woman's name. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll edit it out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it. <laughs> Thunderball, it makes me feel like James Bond every time I hear it. That's why it is my number two, but Ooh. could very possibly be my number one. Straddling one. Straddling one. Mr. Darby Deck. Let's see what I've got here. Number two for you. Who? Well, it's been mentioned. Has it now? It's a brassy bassy. I mean, it's a brassy Barry. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's from Russia with Love. Ooh. Oh, ding, yeah. ding, ding. And what's his first move, guys? He's he, he plays the James Bond theme, Mr. John Barry, in the first movie, and then he goes, I kind of I understand this James Bond shit. <laughs> and what does he go and compose? The gun barrel. Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. When I heard that, listening to the score, I was like, this is on my list. You know, just that first track yep. alone puts it there. Then from there, we move on to stalking. Called Stalking, a phenomenal and seminal piece of scoring. My goodness me. I think this is, I mean, what struck me about this, listening to it end to end, is it's just a perfect movie score. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really, it's it's supporting the picture in every sense, supporting the picture, supporting the performance. Highlights for me are Istanbul Drive and the way it evolves and then dismantles the James Bond theme. I think. The second movie in, Barry's already having these massive discussions oh, yeah. with himself. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it turns from the, the more classical James Bond theme into this slowed down jazz drum. And he does it effortlessly. Yeah. And then Welcome to Venice is a, a, a little taste of that beautiful Barry we get to explore in the latest. I mean, Every track in this, as you said, Brandon, yeah. every single track on this, I think it's 20 something of them. Something like that, yeah. They're brilliant. Yeah, they it's are. It's a brilliant, brilliant. song. Brilliant. It, I, I will say this it is a fantastic track, uh, vinyl or soundtrack to put on uh, in the background of a dinner party. I just couldn't believe it. Is, yeah. It goes down a treat. I didn't think <laughs> I'd have this experience with the James Bond scores where I understood them as uh, or, or, or accepted them 
as their own art form in oh. terms of like listening to them from start to finish. Yeah, separate to the pro- film. Separate to the film. Yeah. I, 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 just if you if you're not the type of person that does that with, and you're a James Bond lover, it's a whole new way to experience the movies. Yeah, oh, treat yourself. Oh, if you oh, haven't been yourself. doing it in lockdown, yeah, I swear to God, I will hurt you <laughs> if you don't listen to at least three of them before this lockdown is oh. finished. You got to do Go it. Go on a journey. Yeah, just it's amazing. It. Make make the James Bond picture of your mind and do it with from Russia with love if you want. Yeah. Sure. Pick your favorite. <laughs> Pick <laughs> one that you think you might not like. Yeah. And I guarantee you you'll be surprised unless it's for your eyes only. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my number 2 uh who? I'll tell you who. It's Mr. David Arnold. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh. Casino Royale. It's Casino Royale. Oh, uh, the standout track for me is Vespa. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's beautiful. You had to put it in behind the thread. I had to. (laughs) Numerous times. Now, I will say, this was actually... There were two uh, that I wasn't sure whether or not to put this in or to put Quantum of Solace in. Yeah, okay. Because I think they speak to something uh, very similar. Mm. Quantum of Solace, I think, is a fantastic soundtrack. But when I was re-listening to Casino Royale, there was something magical about it where I was like, ah... Damn it, I really wish we hadn't abandoned this sound this approach. for the Daniel Craig films. Mm. As good a composer as Thomas Newman is, there is something about Casino Royale where, you know, tracks like City of Lovers, I'm just like, oh God, take me there. Take me to the City of Lovers. There, There is a lot with Casino Royale's soundtrack that I think... Echo is is uh, echoes of some of the great moments of the Bond films, mm. but in particular, A View to a Kill. Yeah, there is some there is a DNA that those two films in particular, I think, I see share. That. Mm. Um, God, I've ranted and raved about Casino Royale a lot. I've got a little bit of Casino Royale fatigue actually because <laughs> of what we've just come from. This score is sensational. Bring David Arnold back. Bring him back. Bring I him mean, back. I mean, I'm sure Hans Zimmer and the other fella are going to do, you know, a really wonderful job with No Time to Die. Let him introduce the next one. Yeah, he's mm. your George Martin yeah. little bit, but let's get David Arnold back. Yeah. Give the people what they want. Give them. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, we're at the pointy end oh, now. Watch yourselves. Uh, so, Mr. Jake Spear, we have to guess... What we think going off the trends? Yes. Well, look, data, Brando. Cambridge Analytica. If that's still a, a pop reference, probably I, not. I think that, um, given the fact that, as we were preparing ourselves for this podcast, oh yes, Jake was humming the theme to "You Only Live Twice" quite a lot. I reckon that's his number one. You think he's it's his an, number he's one? a little idiot, but he doesn't realise yeah, that he's, he's revealing too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is he a sneaky little dirty devil? And he did that's that on trying purpose. to play mind games. Uh, and then pulls the rug from under us. No, look at that look Because he's face. gone Honor Majesties, Avtac, Daff, and Thunderball. Yeah. I thought you were going to so be. Say that again. He's gone Honor Majesties, yep. Avtac, Daff, and Thunderball. So that's Barry, 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 Barry. Barry, 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 Barry. Mm. Uh, I thought there was going to be a bit of 90s sugar fun action no. boy kid. See, the thing about Jake. I've been wrong. Yeah, the thing about Jake is as much as he likes to pretend that he's a sugar boy. 
Uh, he's a fantastic filmmaker. I know he talks what it is. a lot about music. I know what it is. It's fucking Spectre. No, he knows when to use music. Ah, it's fucking Spectre. Oh. I guarantee you it's Spectre. Are you serious? I think it's Spectre. What makes you say that? Oh, because you do this. You do this. <laughs> and you like the Sam Smith song. You it's just barely like to be used controversial. in that film. And I know how much you like that song. I think it's Spectre. Do you th- still think it's You Only Live Twice? Oh, God. He's a hard one to read. Big <laughs> he is a poker hard player. One to read. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick with Yolt. He's right. gone Barry, 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 Barry. I know, which is what scares me because he's put his damn favourite film. And then two, this is a joke one. And this is his one of going, no, 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 hear me out. <laughs> no, but he, if, if you're battling with Thunderball, even Jake knows that the, the score but work he, in he Spectre. Said, you only live twice. Was a uh, when we did the top five tracks, title tracks. This, he was yeah. like, "Nah, it's, Didn't like it's garbage. I don't get why people like it." But then he came around to it. He was like, "No, yeah, no. but in his mm. own way." Anyway, Jake, <laughs> <laughs> this must be what therapy feels like. <laughs> but with two people talking about you <laughs> in the room. <laughs> well, Mister Spear Jank. Oh, I've been a bit of a sneaky boy. It's oh. writings on the wall. They say it's me. <laughs> He's no, sneaky boy. you're both wrong. Oh, because it's Casino Royale. <gasps> Shock and awe. Shock and awe. This is what David Arnold at his best. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, stop the presses. And this just in. I mean, look. As I said, the, the battle for two and one are very, very close. Because Willie P or Willie Poo. Yeah, who knows? Maybe both at the same time. Um, all twos are ones, but not all ones are twos. Ah, very true. Those wise <laughs> words. I think Yoda said that in the in the eighth How are film. All the twos right. ones. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> I've never not. <laughs> it's very unhealthy if you haven't. It's Casino Royale. I would hope a one would never be. (laughs) You're in a lot of trouble if it is. Or you're on a lot of coke. (laughs) (laughs) Enough enough pee and poo talk. You're number one, Jake. Oh, mate. It's David Arnold at his best. It's, I mean, we've just listened to it. Brandon, thank you for sharing that. But you're welcome. it's, (laughs) It's stunning. It's, as much as I love Barry... Uh, and I will forever have Thunderball in my heart. There's just something about the modern use of music, uh, whether it's, I don't know, in my mind, the quality of the sound or the instrumentation that he's using there that just opens up this incredible scope in in uh, the musical world of Bond. Mm-hmm. I will say, and I think to echo a point from Darby, that I do find that there's a couple of tracks in here uh, because I actually managed to go through on YouTube and get all of those kind of incidental cues. Yes, yeah. Um, that aren't for some reason on my Apple Music album of the soundtrack. Not a sponsor. Uh, not a sponsor. But there's a few of those that are seem to me a little bit generic. Two thousand and six. Yep. I could probably cut and paste and put in a Bourne film or something like that. But the work that he does do. I mean. Yes, I think for those that want specific examples, go and check out CCTV, uh, Bedside Computer, Unauthorised Access, those particular cues. They only go for about 30, 50 seconds, 60 seconds. I think they're on the soundtrack. Are they? Yeah. Okay. I didn't think they were on the one that I've got access to. Sorry, let me just check something here. Because this is actually the Japanese release of the soundtrack, which had more tracks than the American release. Okay. They might be on there then. Unauthorised Access, CCTV... 
Yep. They're there. Yep. They're there. So yeah, because little... I'm the money is only a 30 second one as well. Yes. Yeah. Right, okay, mm. interesting. I'd never come across these before until I came across them. Yeah, the Americans don't have the full soundtrack in the same way they didn't get the full release of the film originally. What? Is that? They had a very censored version of the, uh, the torture scene. Oh. Really? Not by much. It was like a couple of seconds cut out here and there, but... Same as Licence to Kill. Yep, they've only just gotten it now that it's on streaming. Wow. But yes, Darbs, you're right. When when Arnold gets to really sink his teeth into a track, we get things like Solange. Mm. We get things like Nothing Sinister. It's like, oh boy, this is a Bond film. Ooh, yeah. And I'm just completely transported. But, as we said, the Vespa track, it bloody rips your heart open. You it should sh- see Behind the Threat. It shatters you. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I can handle Behind the Threat if you guys have got Vespa playing. Oh, yeah. oh you can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, the only thing that's there to pick up the pieces of my shattered heart, Here it comes. thanks to Vespa, is the name's Bond. James Bond. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm. That fucking track, man. That puts it at number one for me. That really is... I think Mm. that... I'm going to stand by this. I think that is the best bloody rendition... Of the Bond thing? Of the Bond thing. Absolutely. Oh, Oh, man. That's that's actually that's a something big, big claim. Uh, I, yeah. I, I I stand by. No, it. I'm I think with you're you. on I'm the money there. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah, one thing that I meant to say in my ramblings about Casino Royale. Mm. The fact that he does not use the Bond theme until the very <sighs> last minute, Ballsy. until the credits are rolling. Restraint. That's extraordinary. Yeah. Mm. But the fact that it is still one of the best Bond scores of the bunch without even using the shorthand bonus points oh god Arnold what a genius he is there are very few people I think that could have done that and I think even Barry might have struggled with Mm. that the restraint you know the the balls to go no 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 no. we're gonna wait we're gonna make you wait until Mm -hmm. the very last moment oh and it was so satisfying in the cinema oh god yes first time first time you'll never beat that experience (laughs) oh man and I think that's like that's like seeing the Born Identity or the Born Ultimatum by the time that the system had been built and mm. having hearing extreme waves. Oh on. yes, yeah, you know yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. Mm, you're in for a you're ride. pumped. Mm. I think one thing that I'll add to why Casino Royale is number one for me is that I think what David has done in terms of capturing that sound of Barry and bringing it into this new era. Of Bond with bringing in the new Craig and resetting. What about the old Craig? from the <laughs> from the atrocious film that we just came from? Oh yeah, in the canon, which he scored. Mm. Um, bizarrely enough, mm. that carries so much weight for me in terms of what he's done with this particular score to reposition the franchise t- and, and give the people what they want. <laughs> um, that puts it at number one because I think it, it, it speaks to his kind of bigger contribution to the Bond canon mm. with with Casino specifically. Yep. So it's that's why it's number one. Well, oh, very you're, well you're put. A surprising, you're very a surprising well boy. Dude. You are. Yeah. I'm glad it's not Spectre. I really, I it just <laughs> popped into my head that, and I was like, blood boils. <laughs> Number one, we have to pick what Mr. Darby Deck has gone. Now, let me run yes. you through what he has put so far. Please. He put Avtac at number five, Casino Royale at number four, Honor Majesty's Secret Service at three, and From Russia With Love at two. Where does he go from there? He goes mm. to Dalton. 
and you think Living Daylights? It's Living Daylights. Because I think the exact same thing. No question. Yeah. He goes to his boy. The job. only other thing I can think of is he did put You Only Live Twice as number one, particularly because of the strings. So I'll mm. split the vote and say You Only Live Twice. Now, see, you got me going here because as was aforementioned, I was humming. You were. Uh, you only live twice a little bit, and someone very quickly yes, jumped on the bandwagon and started true. humming it as well. That's very true, Mister Double O Derby Deck. I think it's you only live twice. Oh, see, you could be you could be right there, and I think the way it's utilised in the film, yeah, is very well done, and it is an iconic track. Whereas even with the Living Daylights, as much as he loves uh, Dalton, I I don't really recall the score being overly iconic. Whereas, I don't know if that's going to play into it at all, but there's something so memorable and so classy and so romantic about the use of the score in You Only Live Twice. I've got a backpedal now. I think it's going to be You Only Live Twice. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll go to Living Daylight. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen. Yes? One of you is right. Oh, I it's, think we both be should you, be yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> How could I not? How could I not? It's You Only Live Twice. Oh, there it is. It's... Mr. John Barry, once again, this time joyfully exploring ideas dripping with bromance. Everything I want. Capsule in Space has one of the most invigorating uh, themes of the film. And it wouldn't feel out of place in a great space opera like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. Um, If you could hum it for me. What the hell, man? Yeah. It's three chords. Yeah. Uh, then we move into Fight at Kobe Dock and Tanaka's World. Oh, what a oh, sequence. Yes. Yep, where Barry starts to tastefully implement, which is a difficult thing to do in 1960, whatever, yeah. uh, traditionally Japanese sounds and hint at the scale of the adventure to come. Oh, yes. That's uh, all there from He's the setting get-go. setting it, isn't he? He's setting laying it all that up. This is, this is his most detailed work, in my opinion. May not may not be his cleanest or best recorded score, mm. but it is his most detailed work as a thinker. And it's sharing that thing with your other, with your number two from Russia with Love of going, take me there, take yeah, me there, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there are three tracks I want to uh, call out amongst all the brilliance. Uh, the first is the death of Aki. Oh yes, yeah. do you boys remember how that one goes? Yeah. Just play that. You only need to hear the opening bar. I think this so is it's where a, it's as the poison is being oh, dripped. Yeah, oh, this yeah. is where Barry's indulgence in that those Oriental instruments culminates in I think one of the most moving pieces of film music I've ever heard. Not just in the James Bond films, particularly these opening two bars. What they say. Oh my God! Uh-huh. Put that in any movie. Yeah, and it's it's doing all the work for you. I'm Absolutely. S- oh my goodness me! The second is, of course, James Bond Astronaut, which, <laughs> yes. which takes every suggestion of militarised attention, as I've dubbed it. It's kind of that military vibe. Yeah, it's yeah. when he's pretending to be the, the yeah, spaceman. Yeah. Yeah. Made by Capsule in Space, so it re- re-explores this Capsule in Space theme, and it delivers one of the most thrilling Bond build-ups I can recall. The way that kind of... Oh, as he's getting closer to, to boarding the yes. rocket. Yes. Oh is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? And then he snatches it straight away. Yes. Straight away. Yep. But of course, my favourite has to be Mountains and Sunsets, where Barry indulges us and his audience with the timeless motif from the title track, obviously, and delves further into his own romantic depths. It's my oh. f- single favourite 
Mr. Barry Track. Yeah. I think it's his best work. Do you do you think because now we've done our top five of the the score and the song? Mm. Do you think you only live twice? Do you think it would the the music places that film a little higher now for you in your list? If you had to go back and do your list, I do you think, think it, it would carry it up? Yeah, I really think it does. Yeah. Doing yeah, some of these the lists, itself. yeah, yeah. Doing the music, some of these the music, lists, it yeah. just it constantly. It's flowing, and there are films yeah. being yanked up and yanked down. The, and yeah, in James Bond films, the music really can inform a lot of your uh, opinion. Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. No, I think I think you only live twice could be top tier Bond for me. You know, kind of with this experience behind me now, yeah. uh, I want to watch it. It's one of the ones I'm, I'm most eager to watch again. Oh yes. yeah. Mm. Well, oh, here he goes. It's my number one. Let me run you through what I've got. <sighs> Right. This is tough. This is, so tough. This is tough. I again have been the most eclectic. You would yeah, think that I would be one. the most kind of hardline. You've got multi tiered basic bitch. <laughs> uh, so I've gone Tomorrow Never Dies, Live and Let Die, From Russia with Love, Casino Royale. Could would it be fair to say that he's he's doing a similar thing to his henchmen and trying to represent one of each category? One of each category? I think that's very fair to say. Oh, what are we missing? Yeah. I think okay. that is how I've done all my top fives mm, now, thinking right. about it. So Tomorrow Never Dies is our... So what categories have we got here? So that's think? our Sugar Rush uh, modern funk, Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm-hmm. Live and Let Die is that 70s infused playfulness. Yeah, yep. From Russia with Love is his traditional Barry. Sure. Casino Royale is his modern Arnold. Okay. So it's not going to be modern... No, because Casino speaks to that the best. Yeah, unless... He does rate the Skyfall score, but I don't think he put it above Casino Royale no. or From Rush We Love. I don't think so. He might put it above Live and Let Die and Tomorrow Never Dies, but it wouldn't be above those two. What about Spectre? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I don't what, know. What's underrepresented here? Dalton. I think, I th- I think he's got to go for another big old Barry. I What's think it's, Brandon's number one? I, I think we've got to be looking at things like Diamonds Are Forever. Mm. Even, look, even Goldfinger. God. Even Octopus. Even, well... Octopus is a pretty good score. It's a great score. Not in my opinion, but... <laughs> maybe in Brandon's opinion, I don't know. Oh, oh shit, maybe. Is it going to be a Rodgie? Oh, I don't think he's done a Dalton. No, he hasn't. No. But he, do- he, he did, wasn't an honourable, didn't his honourable go to The Living Daylights. Daylights? That's right. That's got it. So, so it's not a Dalton. No, it's not, not a Dalton. Unless he puts licence to kill up there. Uh, my other honourables were uh, The Spy Who Loved Me mm-hmm. and A View to a Kill. Yeah, that's right. I remember the Avtac. It's there. either a classic Barry in the vein of, of uh, Thunderball or You Only Live Twice or it's a, it's a Diamonds Are Forever. Or it's something like Octopussy. Something like Octopussy. I'm going to say it's Thunderball because I have a feeling that he's been playing that record a lot lately. And I think he's a sucker for that. I think there's pretty much every track on that mm-hmm. is a banger. Okay. And I, I, think, I think it's Thunderball. You're going Thunderball? Yeah. I'm going to go The Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> oh, so smart. So smart. You were totally right. I forgot how he feels about that film. Oh, ho, ho. Well done. Well, gentlemen, it is John Barry. 
Oh, oh yeah. And it is, in my opinion, his magnum opus. I know I said that for Avtac, but <laughs> <laughs> he has many. He, he has, has too many. many. Um, the reason Avtac doesn't make the list is because I think it owes a lot to the score that I'm about to mention. And the reason that Casino Royale comes number two is because it is only just bested by 1969's Honor Majesty's Secret oh, Service. Oh, wow. of course. There you of go. Course. Of course. I don't think, I don't I don't even think, think about that. there no, is no. a bad track in this. No. Uh, when you mentioned earlier, Darbs, uh, this never happened to the other fella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that, a medley. It's that a medley. is an extraordinary medley. Yeah. And every single theme that pops up throughout the film is mm. introduced in that first four What a way minutes. to do it. And it runs from the gun barrel mm. all the way through to him barreling the camera with a shoe in his hand. And that listening to that track, as soon as I listen to that, I'm like, I'm stopping everything I'm doing and I'm going to listen to this whole fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, The superb, the masterpiece track for me on this uh, on this soundtrack is Journey to Blofeld's Lair. Oh. Yes. There's something about... Uh, sorry, it's called Journey to Blofeld's Hideaway. Uh-huh. Not, not Lair. Ah, uh, same thing. Uh, same thing. Yeah. Um, the way that that starts with that kind of last post version of... Um, it is. The kind of... Uh, the theme of Honor Majesty's Secret Service mm. and then turns into this kind of almost siren song with the harp and the strings kind of stretching and longing and yearning and beckoning him in mm. bit of a Goldfinger reference it's just superb it is superb and it's capped off with one of the most beautiful songs ever written which is We Have All the Time in the World mm. yes I think God we are so lucky to have this soundtrack <laughs> we're lucky to have Barry uh, we really are uh. I this if you have not listened to the soundtrack separately of the film I implore you mm-hmm. and I order you <laughs> To listen to it now. Funnily enough, this is the only one of the classic Bonds that I don't have on vinyl. Oh, you're gonna have to try mm. find it. It's so expensive. <laughs> Even the reprints. This one, and I think rightfully so. This one's become a real collector's item mm. because it is. I think not just Bond fans, but music lovers. Mm. They adore this. I yeah, think right. it's. It's it's a masterpiece. Mm. It is. So, we've done our calculations, tabulations, and they are fabulation. <laughs> nine, nine different films across a possible 15. Yeah, not mm. bad. Not bad. bit consistent. We're getting yeah. more consistent mm. in our old age. <laughs> so, in ninth place, oh. Oh, yeah. we have Tomorrow Never Dies <laughs> on one. <laughs> so, That's really welcome. similar to... Uh, da, da, na, 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 na. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. What is that? Is that Miami Vice? No, no. no that is. Oh god! It's on sax. It is on yeah. sax. I used to know that uh, off the top of my head. Oh, that's one for the fact check. Kill me. Yeah, one no. for the fact check. See you next week. Oh god! Try, see you in two weeks. Try googling. Da 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 da. Yeah. Uh, in number eighth place. We have Live and Let Die with <laughs> two Got points. Yep. Uh, tied six. Oh. We have Avtac and Daff mm. on three. Yep. Uh, number five, Thunderball with uh, four. Ooh. With five points in four, 
You only live twice. Oh, I should be number one. Why didn't you boys vote for that oh, shit? Sorry. Come on. Did you Oops. hear what I said about it? Oh, yeah, Oops. but I had others. Yeah. Mm. Tomorrow never dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in number three spot, please. Uh-huh. It's from Russia with Love with 007 points. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. Second spot. It's on a Majesty's Secret Service yeah. with nine. So beating it out in number one spot where it, it definitely belongs. Uh. Casino Royale oh, with yes. 11 Points. Congratulations, oh, David. There Arnold. we are. Once again, it's Jake's vote that causes the the, the main, the main yeah. swing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, because no, that should have really gone to arms. It's Jake's vote then that he, determines the winner. He's a weirdo. Yeah, no, he does. Well, actually, he picks the winner. Your vote put put uh, put Casino Royale in in place. So you're to blame because Jake put arms in fifth, but you put yours in fourth. So you're both to both blame. to blame. And as Scott Walker sang in. The world is not enough. Mm. You've only yourself to blame. But and you got them right, I sort did. of switched well, around. Much of a muchness. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone listening, that's it. That's that. That's and that's all there is. That's all there is. Hey, so, let's tell them about what they've got to look forward to yeah. next week. Oh, look next, at... next week we've got a little. Uh, we've got a smash up. Uh, it's a, uh, a smash. Oh, smash uh, up. A mash up. A mash up. Yeah. Uh, combining of forces a we crossover yes a crossover crossing the road yes oh, uh, working together world peace we are going to be doing a little collaboration with ourselves ourselves oh, <laughs> I can't wait to meet them so we've invited ourselves to talk to you about what to expect next week yep. uh, Brandon Jake Darby if you'd like come on to. in oh hi guys how are you oh g'day Jake how you going not bad mate I how don't want to be here with, oh Darby no I see he's always like this we, we got the bad Darby you should get the good Darby uh, well I guess uh, it's time for us to um, tell you what we're doing Darby uh, if you want to well, um, no, not you, Darby. No, the Darby. Yeah. Well, no, Jake usually introduces our cooperatives videos. Which oh, one? No, no, it's you, isn't it? No, it's him. Oh, it's you. Yeah, it's always it? you. Yeah. It's you. No, well, I want to do it. No, 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 no. I think I should do it. No, Go. no, no. Please, after you, I know I insist. Next week, we'll be joining you uh, for. Uh, uh, We've butchered this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try again. <laughs> so what we're doing is we've got a YouTube channel, and it's uh, the United States of Kensington. One of the series on it is. The cooperatives. The cooperatives. Well done. That's, That's right. right. And in the cooperatives, uh, Jake's checked out. The cooperative oh, I really have. <laughs> is a, 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 we play video games and we try and uh, uh, give you guys some some spoofs and goofs, some laughs and gaffs. It's uh, all about playing video games with your mates. With your mates on the couch. And we've run out of movies. Almost. We're reading the books. Mm-hmm. So we thought, as our trade bond boys, putting our trade bond hat back on, take off the cooperatives cap, put on the trade bond cap. Fits very nicely. We're going to do a podcast where we review. One of the James Bond video games. Yay. Yay. And then, double double your luck, mm. not only do you listen to our Trey Bond podcast, but then you head on over to YouTube and you watch us play the game in question. Oh, That's right. With a bit of video footage of us playing the it. The game, which I'm currently editing, it's killing me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Brandon, what is the name of the game? Well, we'll be going in reverse chronological order. And... <laughs> I didn't even mean that one. <laughs> All down. Uh, so next week, we'll be joining you for 2012's 007 Legends. Oh, God. Oh, don't say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs>